And now, proper propaganda. For those of you just tuning in to Civic Cypher, I am your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am Q Ward. Welcome back to Civic Cypher. Stay tuned. We got a lot more Civic Cypher in store for you. For those that were around for the first part of the show, we were talking about the indictment of the former president of the United States of America. And we alluded to some of the obvious double standards that were present in that situation. Um, I feel like I see a theme coming here. Yeah, no, we're, we got a lot more to talk about. There's a lot of news that we don't get to cover on this show. Unfortunately, there's so much that fits underneath this umbrella that we just can't get to. We're an hour a week show, but there's a few um, stories that we're going to talk about. Uh, where that double standard is on full display for everyone to see. So if you're not aware, um, stay tuned, listen up, and then you'll be able to see exactly how this country treats people differently according to how they look. But before we get there, it is time to be a, be a Baba, become a better ally. Today's Baba is sponsored by Major Threads. For the finest in quality sportswear, uh, check MajorThreads.com. And for today's Baba, we have something that's a little different. It's, it's more of a personal favor. Um, we always say that the show is growing, continues to grow with your support. Um, we always ask if you want to make donations um, to hit the website and do that. Uh, and there's a number of ways that you can support this show if you believe in what we're trying to do, which is educate people, inform people, empower people, and create stronger allies. Um, well, Q had the most brilliant idea of all time. Sometimes you guys got to take Ramses with a grain of salt, Man, especially when he's talking about me, because he, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he goes far. <laughs> it was brilliant. Sure. It was brilliant. And um, he thought we should start live streaming the recordings of the show right so for folks that i think we should start live streaming in general okay that, that too yeah you did say that but because we want to be engaged with you guys like yeah. live streaming the recording is cool but then we're doing a job and can't interact with you i want to have live content where we're talking to and engaging with you guys exactly and all that's coming but we got all the live stream stuff set up and so for folks that want to jump on with us interact with us in real time send questions along just kind of talk with us as we have these conversations subscribe to our youtube channel it's very simple youtube.com slash civic cipher that's c-i-v-i-c-c-i-p-h-e-r there's no y's in there um and for those that can't donate watch the live stream or subscribe to the youtube channel because that also helps monetize this show or do both or do both all right so now let's talk about the double standard we live with all right um the most obvious flagrant recent example comes from the world of sports there are two people named angel reese and she faced off against a person named Caitlin Clark. Mm -hmm. What I know is that Angel Reese is a black woman mm -hmm. and that Caitlin Clark what is is a white woman. Mm -hmm. um, but you could tell the story a lot better than I could. So why don't you set us up? Angel Reese. 
the Bayou Barbie. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. Tournament MVP for the NCAA Women's Tournament in March Madness. Most double-doubles in the history of the NCAA Tournament. First-team All-American. Go ahead. Now national champion. Go ahead. However, Miss Caitlin Clark, guard, Iowa, Big Ten Player of the Year, might be National Player of the Year when it's all said and done, incredible basketball player, um, most points, I think, in the history of the tournament, or at least in the history of uh, a single season for the NCAA. Different style of coverage, but not different style of play. Miss Caitlin Clark is not black. Miss Angel Reese is. And that's where the double standard starts. Because Miss Caitlin Clark does not just get busy on the basketball court. She makes sure that you understand that she's getting busy on the basketball court. Okay. Um, and the reason why this is a topic, most of you listening to this show, this became a national story because we're stupid. This didn't come a national story because of these two young ladies. Nothing that they did should have been newsworthy except be phenomenal basketball players, mm -hmm. both of them. And I mean, phenomenal, not, oh, she's pretty good. Or even more ignorantly, oh, she's pretty good for a girl. No, 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 no. These two young ladies will probably give Ramses and I the business game after game after game. And we would just be tired and whooped. Like that's, that's <laughs> all that would, that's all we would have to say. So if you've watched either of them play, they might be two of the best to ever play, mm. except every conversation from the time that game ended until today about the two of them have been about the color of their skin and the way that what they do is received by public eye. If Q and Ramses were playing basketball or Shaq and Kobe or Michael and LeBron or any magic and bird, any of your great rivals that you think in your head or great players that you think in your head were playing against each other and they were talking trash, black or white, as long as they were men, they'd be celebrated for it. Caitlin got celebrated for it. ESPN did an entire segment with different players talking about how she's the clapback queen because of how effectively she effectively she trash talks when she plays. She's demonstrative. Again, <laughs> it's not just that the ball keeps going in. It's that she keeps reminding you that, ironically, you can't see me. For our audience, most of you, just by hearing what I said, know what that means. But during the tournament, during the season, everything from pulling her jersey up to yelling at the crowd to dismissing opponents, waving them off to shoot wide open because she didn't respect them enough to even guard them. You're that trash. I'm going to just let you shoot. Self-check. You on our team. Go for it. I'm going to wave you off and walk away while you shoot and miss this shot. Right? It's 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 mental manipulation on a level that I don't know that I see regularly. You know what I mean? Like, this is division one. This is the championship rounds. This is the essentially the playoffs. This is the tournament. Mm -hmm. She's walking away from the number one. This is the number one team in the country, undefeated. She's like, whatever. I'm not even going to guard you. 
go for it. In another game, she told a young lady that said something to her, shut up, y'all losing by 15. And did the you can't see me to her. Right? You I can't see me is waving your hand in front of your face. Yeah. J John Cena made this thing popular. Tony Yale introduced it to him. Flavor Flav introduced it to him. I have to say that because everybody just says it's the John Cena because mm -hmm. he's the most famous of them from being a WWE superstar and doing it in front of hundreds of millions of people on TV. It became known as something that he did. Mm -hmm. But even in interviews, he says he got it from Tony Yale, who got it's it from Flavor Flav. Flav. Um, so that specific thing, once they won, this is the thing about trash talk. <coughs> this is why I don't understand why people do. I guess I, I guess I do. People kind of get off on it. I don't understand why fighters do it because <laughs> fighting is a whole different thing. That's not even, that's different from sport. You, mm -hmm. you know, you don't play fight, you know, somebody might knock you out yeah. and then you look really ridiculous if you was just trash talking the whole lead up. But I've seen that happen too. Yeah. <laughs> so when Caitlin Clark is winning and she's doing that, she's celebrating. Like I said, they call her the clapback queen. They talk about how fiery she is, how competitive people celebrate that in her. So when they lost, the other best player on the court, Angel Reese, Bayou Barbie, mm. gave her all she can handle of her own doing. This is the hand waving. You can't see. You me. can't see me okay. right back at her. Okay. But a lot. Like we just popped y'all. Last week you was you can't see me. Where you at now? Because that's how it goes. Yeah. When you talk crazy, you better win. Yeah. If you don't, you deserve to be clapped back at, quote unquote, since she's the clapback queen. Crazy. Yeah. So. Queen Angel Reese. Of the national champion, LSU Tigers. Has been called by professionals in sports media. Classless. An idiot. A moron. And a few of those with an effing on the front of it. She's been insulted and dragged as unsportsmanlike and disrespectful. All she did was the same thing that ESPN did a whole segment on Caitlin Clark for doing. John Cena shouted out Caitlin Clark too on, oh, his, on Twitter. If you saw the coverage of the tournament, everyone did. Mm. Right? The team that they beat before they played LSU had won like 50 games in a row, like undefeated national championship team. And all the coverage was about the super bad white girl for Iowa, not the whole team of sisters that was undefeated. Like it was flagrant. And we've gotten to this space where pointing out double standards like this and pointing out just flagrant overt racism is somehow intellectually beneath us. So even we like take the devil's advocate position of trying to find justification for it when it's no. We don't even have to find anything. We have video of Caitlin doing the exact same thing. And then the number one sports outlet on earth did a full segment on how great it is that she does that. And the second a black girl did it to her, she became. Again, classless unsportsmanlike, an idiot, a moron. And like I said, an effing 
So we don't have to try to dig and figure out why it's covered differently. We don't have to dig and figure out why people are responding to it differently. Because you know who wasn't offended? You know who didn't call her out of her name? Caitlin Clark. <gasps> yeah. Because Caitlin Clark get busy. Yeah. And in her mind, oh, I'll see you again. Yeah. And we're going to get right back at it. She knows that she gives that and deserves to get it back. A la Steph Curry. I can't get mad when they shimmy, I shimmy. You know what I mean? So it's this position of her being somehow this victim. When all that was done to her is what she does to everybody else. I want to add something here. Please. I read an article from ugh, New York Post. <laughs> but there was an interview with uh, Caitlin Clark. She's the white woman in this story. Again, forgive me. I'm not a sports person and I'm awful with names. So I repeat them just in case you're like me. But uh, Caitlin Clark did an interview. And to your point, she said, I haven't been on social media since we lost. And I'm not mad at it. She gave like an amazing interview. Like I, I was like pretty close to, man, she should be the Baba for this week because she spoke up for Angel Reese saying uh, everything that you would expect. She's like, she's an amazing competitor. That's part of the game, you know, blah, blah, blah. There was a couple of things I wish she would have said, but that like, does likewise, but that doesn't mean that she intentionally left them out. Mm -hmm. It probably didn't occur to her to say things a certain way or like, hey, this coverage is unfair. Maybe she doesn't have the same context or the same view. Maybe she's been absent. But I did appreciate her response, the way she bigged up Angel Reese. And she, uh, so another part of this story that you, our listener, may or may not have heard about is that uh, Jill Biden, the first lady, um, say her name again because it's Jill and Joe. Sound Jill, the same. Jill, doctor, I should say, Dr. Yes. Jill Biden, yes. the first lady of the United States, um, invited the losing team along with the winning team to the White House, right? And I guess that that's never been done before. And what folks not in 200 years. Sure, sure. And so what people or were close to, this started back in the 1800s. I'll just say that. So, so what people were saying is, and you could you correct me or, or jump in because I'm absolutely certain whatever you're about to say is going to be accurate. Okay. So uh, what they were saying is, well, you know what? If we had lost, if LSU, Louisiana State University had lost, Dr. Jill Biden would not have invited all the black girls to the White House having lost. So this is what it means to be white on full display because she's like, oh, well, both teams are really competitive and they did a really great job. Let's have them all come to the White House. And so I, I believe it was Angel Reese and her team. I think that there's some sort of like unity in this in this decision. I'm not I'm not sure. Correct me mm -hmm. if I'm wrong. But they said, you know what? It's OK. You can you can take the the losing team to the White House. That's totally fine. We'll, we 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 would go and hang out with. Barack and Michelle, you know what I mean? Like uh, that, that would be fine for us, you know? So the reason I brought that up is because Caitlin Clark was asked about that. Would she visit the White House um, if that invitation from Dr. Jill Biden uh, 
was authentic, was, was genuine. And Caitlin Clark said, no, I would not go. That's not how it works. Um, Angel Reese and the, the ladies from LSU deserve to have their moment. So this is part of why I was like, man, does that, is that, that feels like a baba for us. You know what I mean? Like you, I mean, you got to know, I don't know that that's baba worthy. I know that's why it's not there of saying that what usually happens should Should happen. happen. But you know, some, some people don't do that. No, no, you're right. So, so that's why I was kind of thinking about it. But anyway, um, there's a, a double standard for you there. Let's move on. All right. So this one comes from CNN. Um, I'll just read it. Hugh's going to get mad and I see steam already coming out of his ear. <laughs> I might walk out of the studio. Bro. He sent this one over for this week. I so. might walk out of the studio. I'll read it. Uh, the executive director of a police union in California has been placed on leave and is facing federal charges after allegedly importing drugs from overseas and distributing them throughout the country. I'll read the first part of that again. The executive director of a police union and California has been placed on leave. I didn't say under arrest, on leave. Okay. All right. I'll continue. Likely paid. Joanne Marion Segovia, 64, ordered thousands of synthetic opioids, including valeral fentanyl, that were disguised as chocolates, wedding favors, and makeup, according to the criminal complaint filed Monday by the Office of the United States Attorney. Segovia, who serves as the executive director of the San Jose Police Officers Association, allegedly used her personal and office computers to order the opioids and made shipments using the union's UPS account, the complaint said. So what we have here is (laughs) the police bringing in drugs and distributing them throughout the country. Don't say that like that, Ramses drug trafficking say it how they would say it if it was you they wouldn't say Ramses is bringing in drugs they would make you sound as criminal as possible help me out go ahead I'm, I'm, I'm loving it drug trafficking yeah across borders yeah they would probably call me a thug too oh, right? probably <laughs> with that afro girl out of your head yes king do you, thug do you think they would call Joanne Maria Marion Segoiva 64 a thug under no circumstance isn't that funny and you know, use words like alleged here, but the evidence is overwhelming. Yeah, it's on the computer. Right? Yeah, she's not going to be called a thug at any point. Yeah. Well, somehow she'll end up the victim here. I'm certain. So, well, I mean, leave tells me everything I need to know because, as you know, we're talking about double standards. So let's just lean into this one. Let's say I was a police officer, right? Do you know how many police officers they would send in my house? They would beat me up a little bit and arrest me in front of my children. Well, they would make sure there were cameras. Sure. At so, the ready, so that so it that, looks so like they, they were doing their job. That they were bringing down justice on one of their fellow officers. Yeah, they, they got one of the bad ones. One of the bad ones. Yeah. The bad apples. So, again, this illuminates a very different... And these, these examples, and we're not stretching at all for these examples. They're very, very obvious. These aren't obscure little stories or whatever this is you can see this in your own mind's eye how this would play out differently if this was not a 64 year old white woman with i think she has blonde hair right americans love blonde hair i love afros man that's why i got them i mean i got mine and my sons you know so we got them i should say 
Nothing wrong with people with blonde hair, though. We love y'all, too. Just, you know, that's how we do it over here. All right, let's move on. Um, this one, we're going to kind of stand in solidarity with, uh, again, with uh, our trans friends. Um, because I think that this also shows an example of double standard in this country. So Q sent this one over, I believe. Um, so I'll read. Tennessee State. By the way, Tennessee is tripping. I know we know Tennessee is tripping right now. We just don't have enough show to get to everything. That Tennessee is tripping. We know that. Please forgive us for not. As is Florida. Mm. So anyway, Tennessee State Representative Gloria Johnson uh, had a discussion on the drag ban bill. I'm using air quotes because I think that's the name of it. Drag ban bill. Okay. Um, the bill seeks to ban drag readings to children, right? So you might ask yourself, why do drag people need to read to children? If I'm honest, I don't know, but I suspect it probably has something to do with inclusivity and um, teaching children, exposing children to different types of people so that they don't grow up afraid or prejudiced or whatever, right? Um, and... Uh, people who are trans people, you know, wh whatever, whatever the intention is there. Um, I'm sure that there's some deeper purpose and it's not nearly as sinister as folks make it out to be, but that's not the point I'm trying to make right now. I just need to get past that because some people's minds go to like a really dark place. They think that uh, drag means sexual, you know, or something like that. Like if I were to say, I sleep in the bed with my son, People, people get weird because they're like, you're not supposed to sleep in your bed. No, we're going to sleep. This is my child. You know, you know what I'm saying? So people's minds always go to this weird, weird sexual place with stuff. And I want to make sure that we're addressing that before we get here. Okay. So there are people, they dress up and then they read to children. Okay. If you're with me, then allow me to read. Um, this woman, Representative Gloria Johnson, asked her constituents about their feelings on wrestling. And she made some incredible points. Uh, she said, men wear tights and they wear makeup. And she made another interesting point by saying that drag, people that dress in drag, they often don't show any skin. And especially not at a school. They're, they're fully dressed up, right? Um, I don't imagine these drag shows are as popular as people are making them out to be, or like as common, you know, but... The point is, is that wrestling is geared toward children and no one has anything to say about that. So that's a glaring double standard right there. Um, and then last but not least, uh, I have to mention a double standard that came up this week as well. Representative Jasmine Crockett said on MS MSNBC, as she was discussing the January 6th choir uh, song, <laughs> wow. went to number one on iTunes. Wow. She was des describing how they went about making the song, right? She's like, hey, they had this equipment. They were able to put the song together and get this, you know, the, the, the president reading the Pledge of Allegiance and put out a song and went to number one. How is this possible? So she says, I've never seen tablets in prisons and they use tablets to record this and text and, their family members and to review their own discovery. Exactly. That too, but with laptops and so forth. And I got to thinking, you know what? There's been so many rappers that have had to record their stuff over the phone. You know, them, them rap songs. I think Wayne did one of them, too, Lil Wayne. So anyway, 
I think that that also shows that there's a different way that the country treats people, you know, given the color of your skin. So with that said, we'll leave that right there. All right, now it's time for the Way Black History Fact. Um, today's Way Black History Fact, sponsored by Underground Beach Club. From the streets to the beach, the finest in beachwear, visit undergroundbeachclub.com. And uh, this comes from Wikipedia. You can look it up yourself. But you don't just have to use Wikipedia if you don't trust it, because it's everywhere. Uh, we're going to talk about California. California was named after a black woman. I was born in California, 1982. I lived 40 years of my life, and then I found that out. Isn't that weird? And you know what? Even the paintings of Khalifa, the ones that I found on the internet, and the paintings that I would come across when uh, I was younger, not knowing this, none of them ever depicted her the way she's described in the story. But we'll get there. She should be real brown, but we'll get there. All right. Khalifa is the fictional queen of the island of California, first introduced by 16th century poet Garcia Rodriguez de Montavio in his epic novel of chivalry, Las Sergas de Esplandian. I think I got that right. Uh, written around 1510, um, the California is a region of North America encompassing the U.S. state of California and the Mexican states of Baja California and Baja California Sur take their name from Califia and her kingdom. In the novel, Califia is a pagan warrior queen who ruled over a kingdom of black women living on the island of California, an island off the coast of Asia. Califia is convinced to raise an army of women warriors and sail away from California with a large flock of trained griffins so that she can join a Muslim battle against Christians, Christians who are defending Constantinople. In the siege, the griffins harm the enemy and friendly forces, so they are withdrawn. Khalifa and her ally, Rodario, fight in a single combat against the Christian leaders, a king and his son, the knight Esplandian. Khalifa is bested and taken prisoner and she converts to Christianity. She marries a cousin of Esplandian and returns with the remainder of her army to California for further adventures. All right, so that's the story in brief. The name of Khalifa was likely formed from the Arabic word Khalifa, which is- Khalifa. Did I get that right? Khalifa. Oh, Khalifa. Very good. Religious state leader that is known as Caliph in English or Khalifa in Spanish. Similarly, the name of Khalifa's realm, California, likely originated from the same root fabricated by the author to remind the 16th century Spanish reader of the Re Reconquista, a centuries long fight between Christian uh, I Iberians and Muslim Arabs that had recently concluded in Spain. The character of Califia is used by Rodriguez de Montavio to portray the superiority of chivalry in which the attractive virgin queen is conquered, converted to Christian beliefs, and married off. The book was very popular for many decades. Hernán Cortés read it and it was selected by author Miguel de Cervantes as the first of many popular and presumed harmful books to be burnt by characters in his famous novel Don Quixote. Califia has been depicted as the spirit of California and has been the subject of modern day sculpture, paintings, stories, and films. She often figures in the myth of California's origin, symbolizing an untamed and bountiful land prior to European settlement. 
1937, Lucille Lloyd unveiled her triftic, triftic titch, I believe, I'm not sure how to say this word, mural, origin and development of the name of the state of California, also known as California Allegory, which was displayed at the state building in Los Angeles until 1975, when the building was demolished for safety reasons. The paintings were archived, and in 1991, they were restored and mounted in the California room of the California State Capitol, room 4203, renamed the John L. Burton Hearing Room. The regal central figure shows Queen Califia, depicted as a Mayan warrior princess, holding a spear in her left hand and examining a gyroscope in her right. Hmm. All right. In 1931, Diego Rivera finished his first U.S. mural, The Allegory of California, for the Pacific Coast Stock Exchange Building, now the City Club of San Francisco. The publication of Our Roots Run Deep, The Black Experience in California, Volume 1, was the lead story in the Sunday Examiner and Chronicle on February 1st, 1992, as reporter Greg Lewis pointed out the book's depiction of the Queen Califia story as particularly noteworthy. An ex exhibition featuring Queen Califia followed in 1995 at the Historic State Capitol Museum in Sacramento with subsequent showings in the sixth floor gallery of the San Francisco Main Library and the Los Angeles Central Library. In 1998, the California Council on Humanities funded the seminar The Black Queen, primary sources in California history to promote additional primary source research in California African-American history. The mural of Queen Califia is featured at the top of the new African-American Freedom Trail brochure produced by Reunion Education Arts Heritage and San Francisco Travel in November 2013. In 2004, the African-American Historical and Cultural Society Museum in San Francisco assembled a Queen Califia exhibit curated by John William Templeton, featuring works by artists such as the author Wright and James Gales, Artistic Interpretations of Califia. The show displayed a 1936 treatment of Lucille Lloyd's California allegory, Triptych, with Queen Califia as the central figure. Templeton said that Califia is a part of California history and she also reinforces the fact that when Cortez named this place California, he had 300 black people with him. Templeton pointed out that Columbus had a black navigator and that Africans were seen by Europeans as being culturally advanced in the 15th century. William E. Hoskins, director of the museum, said that very few people know the story of Queen Califia. He said, one of the things we're trying to do is let people have the additional insight and appreciation for the contributions of African-Americans to this wonderful country and more specifically to the state of California, adding that, quote, the Queen Califia exhibit is particularly poignant. So. Now, whenever I say California, I know that the lady on the, I think it's not the state flag, but there, there's like a, one of those flags that has that lady on it and she's about as white as the flag, as the background of the flag, um, that that was a reimagining of the original symbol of California, which depicted Queen Califia with her brown skin. A very intentional reimagining. Sure. I'm sure. Yeah. And so um, it's important to know that uh, because that gives you another example of how history tends to get whitewashed and there's less for us to be proud of, even if it's just an imaginary story. You know, we inspired this man to write this novel and this queen who was so powerful. Um, it's sad that that was taken away from us when the truth is 
we should have grown up with that i th i think and little black girls should should grow up with that I there's, think there's no version of this country that allows us to grow up with that well i think we're getting closer but <laughs> we'll leave it right there so once again i have to thank you for tuning in to civic cypher i really do appreciate it once again i'm your host ramses ja he is ramses ja i am q ward thank you guys again uh how else can they help Rams? listen um hit the website uh civiccypher.com using that website you can submit any questions um you can hit us with any topics you want us to cover make a donation uh, as i mentioned donations help the show grow we are growing um you can tap in with us on social media except for twitter subscribe to the youtube subscribe to the youtube subscribe to the youtube.com yes. backslash civic cypher yes. c-i-v-i-c-c-i-p-h-e-r yes and all our social media is civic cypher as well just like you spelled it and of course you can download this and any previous episode on your favorite podcasting platform and uh i think that's gonna do it anything else that's all i got all right well then peace From headquarters, behind enemy lines, sidestepping the borders. With press passes, we bring it to you as it happens. The streets love my crew for music and rapping. Street commander slash beat expander. Here to fight the slander with the proper propaganda. What's happening? You got a question, then ask it. The news is just a TV show. Get past it. And this from a quiet wartime journalist headlines. Wake up, refuse, and resist. Like this, like this, like this, like this.